Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast, a podcast presenting the very best recorded panels and seminars related to game design and publishing. This podcast has been made possible thanks to the kind contributions of the panel speakers and Metatopia 2018. Episode 184, Podcasting or Promotion. Presented by James D'Amato and Senda Linal. Senda, yes. I believe since you put together our itinerary, you can lead <laughs> this particular venture. I t- I'm really cracking up that you're still calling it an itinerary. Mm-hmm. I feel like we should introduce ourselves first. Do you want yep, me to do yep, it yep, first yep. or do you want to do yeah, it first? You, again, okay. you're taking okay, point um, on this one. Okay. James is going to make me do everything. So, hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Senda Leno. I am one half of the She's a Super Geek podcast, which is an actual play RPG podcast highlighting women as GMs. And I'm also one half of Pandas Talking Games, which is a GMing advice show with many outtakes. Uh, I am James D'Amato. I am the host of the One Shot Podcast. I am also the head of the One Shot Podcast Network. On One Shot, we feature uh, a rotating like selection of one shots of different games. And that means we cover a lot of indie RPGs. Uh, the One Shot Network is a wider podcast network that's sort of dedicated to making tabletop games more accessible uh, and growing the tabletop community in, in an inclusive way. Uh, so a lot of that for me is going out and finding smaller games and figuring out how do I feature them and how do I help them connect with an audience. Like that. I've been doing that for five years. Yeah. You know what I didn't say? that I realized when you said your bit. I also um, am the uh, running partner on the Misdirected Mark Network, which is a whole network of shows also. Never heard of them. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> My heart. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, we, we've, we've been doing this for, for quite a long time, and one of the uh, symptoms of our job is that we interact with a lot of designers in a lot of different capacities uh, as they are trying to promote their work. Uh, thankfully, we are not the only outlets out there that, that do podcasts and that do podcasts that highlight games and do podcasts that highlight indie games. Uh, but it can still feel like a difficult like environment to navigate. Uh, there's a lot going on there, and there are ways that you can make our jobs easier. Um, because I think, I, I, I'm sure I'm speaking for myself, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm speaking for Senda as well when I say we want to have your games on our shows. Um, but it is difficult to get to everyone. Uh, and there are things that you can do to make it easier for us to say yes to you. Yes. Um, so let's let's start. Our, our first topic is uh, getting on shows. Yay, because that is step one, right? You have mm-hmm. to get on a show to be able to do this. Um, and there's a couple of things that, um, as we say them, some of these I know are gonna sound Obvious. Yeah, obvious. But you wouldn't believe the number of emails and queries that I don't know about you, but like I certainly get where I'm like, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the first thing that we wanted to make sure that we said is you should know what the show is that you're trying to get onto, right? Please know what it is. So for example, she's a super geek. 
if you email me and you say, I want you to do an interview, I'm going to say, I'm sorry, I'm not an interview show. Yeah. That's not what I do. Like, <laughs> and if, if, if you, if similarly, if you enter, like you uh, ask for an interview for, from me for one shot, I am probably not even going to be able to respond to it because it has gotten to the point where I get so many emails like that. It is, it is not worth my time to respond to them anymore because it's not on me for, for somebody who wants to make use of my labor to explain to you what my product is. Yeah. Uh, so that, and like, you don't have to listen to the show. Uh, it, it is a good idea uh, to listen to at least an episode of whatever show you're trying to get on so you really get a sense of what it is and where you fit into that equation. Um, but you, you don't have to. You should look up the description on iTunes, uh, mm -hmm. you know, look up uh, write-ups that, that people will do about their show because you know we're, we're trying to get it out there so we will describe it to people. Uh, and if you have a clear idea of what the show is and what the show is supposed to be, you will better be able to form like, okay, how is this show enhanced by my presence? What what do I offer this show? Um, which is sort of how we base our decisions on what we're going to uh, bring on when, when we bring on guests. Yeah. Um, something, something to remember is um, it is a symbiotic relationship. But um, you as the designer, I'm going off script. You as the designer. I love it. I love it. We're in uncharted territory yes. here. <laughs> um, you as the designer are coming in and you're spending time with us doing an interview, running a game, whatever that is, right? And you're putting up, putting up some of that stuff up front. On the back end, we are investing at least twice as much time to edit that content into something that we're getting out to our listeners, right? And I would say that's probably a minimal number, would you yeah. say, to do? So we spend, um, I, I mean, certainly for me, I spend a minimum of two times as much time as I have raw audio editing said raw audio. So I am investing the time that I am taking to play your game or to interview you. And then I am investing an additional two to four times that amount of time to edit it on the other end. So the easier you make it for me, the more chances you are going to have to be on my show. Because if you make that stuff hard for me, if you make it hard for me to communicate with you, if you make it hard for me to figure out what you want, all of those things, you're adding up more and more time that's more labor on my part that I frankly don't have that time. Yeah. I want to have you on my show, probably, but I don't, I can't, I can't spend time like holding everyone's hand to get you through the process. Especially like if it's an actual play situation, oh, yes. like for, for one shot, you know, all the interactions that I'm having with designers is setting up actual plays for their games. Uh, a lot of the time that means I read your entire rule book. I read whatever scenario you've prepared. I uh, look up things that you have said about your setting or, or whatnot, whatever you're coming to the table with, because I wanna try and show this to my audience in the best light. Now, usually when I pick a game to be on my show, I've looked at the game and I've seen an interesting or compelling hook. I've seen at least one thing about the game that I, I'm like, ooh, this could connect with my audience in some way. This, this is going to provide a valuable experience to them. Uh, but that is a lot of work. Uh, and you know that is on top of things like editing. So if you have things like a quick start packet, if, you, if you're handing me an original setting, don't give me your your 300 page setting book. Give me you know your two page setting crash course, because the thing that I'm going to do in in my production is probably not going to be exactly your thing. 
it's going to be the thing that sells the idea of your thing. People will discover the full experience once they actually have the book in their hands. Um, what you need to give me is the most interesting thing about your game. Uh, speaking of giving us stuff, give us this stuff well in advance. Yes. <laughs> there are people who contact me during their Kickstarter. Yeah. There are people who contact me a week before their Kickstarter. There are not enough people who contact with me uh, like months before their Kickstarter uh, right. who know the date of their Kickstarter when they're contacting me. And I have been emphasizing Kickstarter a lot, but like you need to be close to an actionable project launch date because like I said, there are a lot of games and designers that are competing for these spots on our shows. Uh, and part of my prioritization like triage is I am looking at the game that is going to be most helped by me, which means there is like a golden spot of I can produce a thing, I can hold on to it for a tiny bit, or, or you know, I can, I can get it out right away, but I'm trying to line up these productions to the Kickstarter date. Now, sometimes that is like, you, you don't know what productions I happen to be sitting on, what plans I have, sometimes the date just doesn't work out. But if you contact me in advance, I can have an idea of what your thing is, um, and I can try and put together a production schedule that effectively works with you. You just have to make sure that you're communicating with me of when things change. I saw two hands, so. Good, I have a thing to add to that yeah. too. But if you want to ask questions first, that's fine. I'll hold on to it. Okay, uh, <laughs> I just wanted to ask, like, what does a production schedule look like for you guys? And I know that you're, you just said, like, oh, it's different from time to time, but, like, like if, if someone contacts you a month before their thing launches, is that like, so, we definitely can't do it because we have content for the next month already done? It's really interesting because it depends drastically on the show. Yeah. Um, and part of that is it's different for me than it is for James because he's releasing weekly episodes and I'm releasing bi-weekly. So I only get two episodes in a month. So yeah, one month in advance is really hard for me because when I play a four-hour game, it's going to get released as three one-hour sessions. That's a month and a half of content. So if I have one game ahead of you in the queue, I'm a month and a half out. So it has a lot to do with knowing what that podcast is and knowing what their release schedule is um, and then kind of giving lead-up time. Now, the other thing that's been happening to me, and it's probably happening to you too, I don't know, like in August of this year, I booked my schedule out through December. I know the last episode I am airing in January of next year, and I have known it for months, right? So um, anything that I add in at this point is me adding bonus episodes that mean that I'm doing twice as much work to try and release weekly episodes on a podcast that I arranged specifically to be bi-weekly because I knew I didn't have time to release weekly episodes, right? Um, so it gets really tricky and it has a lot to do with that release schedule. Yeah. For, for me, uh, there are certain event episodes that I am planning well in advance. Uh, if I have a uh, big name guest that's coming up, I probably put a lot of effort into that coordination. Like for October, we had Patrick Rothfuss on the show. So I once I got that recorded, I was like, okay, this turned out to be a six episode stretch. So all of October is gone for me. Uh, that said, I had... Uh, games on the show that were like coming out like before that 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 you know the plan for that got put together a week before the show there's no way anyone could have known that but the best way to get make sure you have a good shot of getting on that schedule and being in a good 
time range is contacting me at least one month in advance to let me know that you are out there and to explain to me you know what what your thing is and and when you need when you would like something uh from me uh so contact a month in advance but you know there is an element of just fate the whimsical winds of fate uh getting in your way there which stinks for sure uh like you know, bad news for everybody in this room, uh, but One Shot in 2019 is probably going to be featuring only games that are designed or co-designed by non-male or, or person of color uh, designers. So that, that puts out a lot of people. Um, uh, and that's just how our production schedule is going to work for that year. Um, so, you know, you don't know what's happening behind the scenes at a network and that can make it difficult. But the farther in advance you contact somebody, like you do concretely need to know when you are going to need action on this. Like I know when my Kickstarter date is, so this is what I'm looking for. Uh, that, that is our next bullet point is mm -hmm. know exactly what you want out of this situation and ask for it very clearly. Don't make me guess. Because <laughs> like, yeah, there are a lot of people who will contact and like, hey, I would like uh, to do something on your show with my game. Or, you know, th they'll be like, I've got a game that I would like to feature. Do you, do you want to talk about that? And, like, I understand that it can be stressful asking for things. Self-promotion is really hard. Mm -hmm. uh, but the more clear you are about it, I, the more firmly I can give you a yes or no answer. If it takes us a five-email chain to arrive at a no, we've both wasted our time. Uh, and that, that's, that's like unfortunate. If you can come to me and be like, hey, I have this quick start play packet for this game that is going to be kickstarting in uh, late December. Uh, I, I would, you know, like, an, like one or two episodes dedicated to an actual play of this thing. Uh, can you fit me in your production schedule? If, if it's a yes, I go, yeah, you know, we have room in my production schedule. If it's a no, I go, no, unfortunately we don't. Then, hey, you know, that was an efficient transaction between us. It didn't take a lot of time and investment for us to guess at what's going on in that situation. And the thing that I'll add to that also is um, for me, um, the Misdirected Mark Network is a whole bunch of different shows and they do different things. So if you come to me and you say, this is exactly what I want and I go, okay, um, I see why you came to my podcast and like I appreciate that you at least knew what I do or whatever, but I don't actually think it's a good fit. Here is another podcast on my network that I can recommend to you that can probably be a better fit and I would love to hook you up with those guys, whatever it is. Um, if you give me more information and you're clear about it, I can help you, right? Because the other fun thing about my show when I talk about She's a Super Geek, which we're talking about AP a lot, but that's because it's really helpful, right? Um, the other thing about She's a Super Geek is I'm at a point where James is crazy because he still has to read all the rule books. Yeah. I don't do that anymore. I don't have time. I say, okay, well, do you have a woman who can run it for me? Because I'm not learning it. But I'll have <laughs> it on my show, right? So you got to give me someone who's going to run me that game. <laughs> and that is, that's, that's also a thing that adds value for us at OneShot. Like, if there's some, like, it doesn't have to be you, but if there's someone that feels comfortable running the game, it's like, oh, I don't even have to run this thing. I just have to provide you performers and be somewhere on a date, uh, whether that's digitally or in person. That's great. 
that makes it really easy. That's something that you can include in your initial message. Mm -hmm. um, I will, since we you, you are right, we have been talking about actual play quite a bit. Yep. Uh, we can swerve into the much more open and easier yes. to get onto <laughs> interview and discussion interview shows. Land. Yes. Uh, <laughs> interviews and discussions. Uh, there are wide ranges of these different types of shows. Uh, what are you looking to get out of this? Well, you want the audience to, uh, you know, find some affection for your idea. Uh, and part of that is selling yourself, uh, making yourself appear to be like a smart, approachable person uh, that people want to, you know, hear more from or experience your work. You're, you're trying to create in an hour's length of time a personal connection with the audience where they become invested in your ideas and they start imagining things about the game that you are pitching them. So in order to set yourself up for that success, uh, I recommend putting together a list of subjects that you can talk about at length. Um, you know the good conversations that you have here at Metatopia about design uh, and like things relating to your game that really interest you, that make you excited, that make you happy? Those are the types of things you can be talking about on shows. If you approach a discussion show being like, uh, for me, I, I did a big book tour recently for the book I published. and. It is about uh, building character backstories and uh, play related to RPGs that, that people do alone, that they don't do in a group. And that's kind of a unique discussion topic, and it's one that I've been talking about for a while. So when I proposed myself as a guest for different podcasts, I said, this is a topic that I could talk about. It's related to my product. It's not just me shilling the product for the whole time. Uh, it's me having an interesting discussion, but I know it sell, sells both me and the thing that I made. Uh, not a lot of shows anticipate people doing that. And of the like 10 shows that I contacted, like I, I got on about six and five of those six used the subject that I proposed. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a way to set yourself up for success. You're trying to create the best environment for yourself. Because like you could go on a discussion show like... If you contact the System Mastery podcast, which is one of the shows on my network, they have like a very sort of shock jock car talk vibe to them. Uh, and they're going to be doing bits the whole time. They do occasionally have guests on their programs. Uh, if you're not ready to hang with those bits, you're going to feel weird. And it might sound like everyone but them is going to be like a little weirded out by that experience. They're going to amuse themselves and have a great time. Uh, so, you know that's part of knowing the show uh and like if you propose to them like hey there's a topic that i'm super knowledgeable about they'll discuss that topic and you'll at least be able to hang in with your topic so you know i you're, you're coming to this panel obviously because you feel you don't know a lot about podcasts and, and you want to invest more in that or they're coming because they just wanted to see you talk I doubt that. No. Uh, so you're famous. There, so the legendary Damato. Doing doing that sort of thing, like creating an environment that's comfortable for yourself, like that's aces, and that is all part of the know what you want and ask for it. Mm -hmm. um, so you obviously want an environment where you're going to look super good. Uh, those are our getting on a show things. Now let's talk about being a good guest. Heck yes, yeah. So the first thing about being a good guest is um, before you're actually on that show, be ready to work with whatever their audio setup is. And if that means that they've said yes and you say, cool, what do I need to know? What do I need to do to record? Um, that is really important. It's probably more important for me because you have an audio setup. 
Yep. Like, you walk into James' studio and he's got a studio. Though you'd have to be near the studio for that. For that I, I'm assuming most yeah. guest spots uh, for people are going to be things where they're not physically they're near Chicago. They're probably remote. And that's a thing that I'm dealing with all the time. So I'm constantly playing with people who are not anywhere near me geographically. Um, and I do all of the recording for my show via Google Hangouts. And I ask my guests to record their audio locally and then send me a file because that's how I get the best sound. That is the safest way yeah. for, for her as a podcaster to do it. Yep. Um, so if you download Audacity, I'd, I'd recommend downloading Audacity. It's, it's free a, it's a for free, every platform ever. A free program. Just get it. <laughs> any platform you can imagine. Uh, that way you can always, you can be like, hey, I can record locally if yep. you need that. Yeah. Um, and if you do not have an actual microphone, that is not going to tell me that you can't be on my show at all. But for God's sake, use some kind of microphone. Even, even if even it's your headphone like mic. Headphones yeah. for your phone, anything. If you sit there and you have a Google Hangouts up on your computer and you're talking to me, I'm not just getting you with all the echo around the entire room around you, which sounds terrible. I'm also re-recording on a delay from the Hangout everything that everyone else in the Hangout says, and that will make my editing a nightmare, and the chances that you will ever be on my show again drop to zero real fast. Yeah. Because if you make it harder for me to clean that up on the back end, I'm probably not gonna help you out again. So yeah, always, always, <laughs> always use headphones when you're on the recording. Always yeah. use headphones. Make sure that your headphones are not so loud that they are being picked up by whatever microphone you're using. Um, and if you get audacity, uh, you can test that. Um, the other thing is, you know, the, it begs the question, what, what, if I wanted to get a mic, what mic should I get? Uh, yeah. You're like passable. Uh, These aren't bad. They're not this bad. This is a little blue. This is expensive. This is not that bad. It's like 50 bucks. The one that I recommend that people get is the Audio-Technica 2100. <laughs> yeah, it is a $40 microphone yeah. that uh, if you decide, hey, not only do I like this podcasting thing, I'm good at it. Uh, it can grow with you. It has the capability of both XLR and USB hookups, meaning it can be used with a mixing board for like high-end audio, or it can be used just plugging directly into your computer. It's a really versatile little mic uh, that does a great job of cutting out a lot of the ambient room noise and your voice sounds good on it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, if you're going to invest in a mic, I recommend investing in that one because other ones are more expensive. This is an okay mic, but yeah, it, it's, it's omnidirectional, fine. so it picks up all the sound Everything. of the room and actually sounds very bad, and I hate it. Um, <laughs> so, um, but so tagging on to sound, the other thing to think about is where you are going to be if you're recording from your house. So maybe not at your kitchen table with your children running around behind you. Like if you can find a place where you can close the door and keep everything else out is very much appreciated because it means that I have to do less doctoring to your track separately from everybody else's, again, on the editing back end. As long as it's not important for you to be on camera or anything, recording in your closet is yeah. great. Yeah, Those Closets clothes are fantastic. in there, yeah. any hanging clothing absorbs yeah. a lot of sound. Yeah. Uh, so a thing to consider, uh, setting up a good environment for yourself. Yeah, but at minimum, if you can be somewhere where you can close the door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like not in your laundry room with the washing machine going or something, right? And not in a bathroom with a lot of echoing tile in right. there. Right. Yeah, not that either. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I am not familiar with your podcast. That's okay. I forgive you. Um, he might not, though. Do you do, do, you do things 
uh, outside as well. And like out, out, so, out, like outdoors. Someone face to face out of doors. Um, probably not outdoors. Uh, the audio is in a setting like. This in a setting, um, so sometimes I've, I've done interviews at conventions, but like I, I'm a good, right after this panel, I'm going to be doing an actual play recording, but we're, we're going to a private room where we can do that. Uh, cause, and, and I have recorded in convention halls before where we're trying to just get our audio. It's not the best and I prefer to avoid it if I can. And these days I usually can. I'm, I'm sure that the audio aspect is, is difficult there. I was wondering if you use a different mic when you're in a setting like any of those um so if i were to do like I, i'm probably going to use either a shotgun mic or a cardioid condenser mic this is probably getting into uh territory where the conversation is too technical to be useful um <laughs> so uh yeah the, like there, there are specialized mics that, that i might use for situations like that but i also don't like situations like that because nine times out of ten there's a way to just make it easier and better yeah it's i i record i have recorded at i think two hold conventions and like i just don't even bring stuff with me anymore like this con i was like hey james are you bringing your stuff can i <laughs> yep because i'm not gonna lug it from colorado like anything of mine like it's not even worth it to me yeah for and what i'll get here I, yeah i will say it is hard bringing my stuff out here but i i do it because this is like the place where i get to record with in indie designers and do indie games so it's it's usually worth it for me to do that um speaking more about uh guest behavior or, or, or how to be a good yeah, guest yeah. you can call it guest behavior <laughs> well be that's because best behavior the next one is be, be friendly, friendly. <laughs> uh you know like you you are trying to sell your products which means you are trying to sell yourself uh and i say be friendly not just because like it leaves a good impression on the hosts uh, and gets you invited back, but it also leaves a good impression on the audience. Uh, there are like one or two people maybe in the industry who can go on a podcast and be too cool for the room uh, and have that work for them. Yeah. Everyone else, I really recommend you try not to make that your brand because it's not going to work. Uh, I, I really suspect it will not work. Um, but yeah, be, being friendly, like most of the guests that I've recorded with, the designers that I've recorded with, like I am friends and, and I care about not just the project that they, they put on my show, but I care about their next project too. Because like we form a friendship around that, you know, playing games with people. It's like running con games. You want the people walking away from that table being like, man, I like that game. I like that GM. I, I like everything about that experience. Uh, so it's a weird thing to have to remind some people, but yeah, you really got to read the room on that and be, be friendly. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then the last one that we actually have on here is to be clear and concise. And so that's one of those things where if you're on an interview show, um, don't beat around the bush, right? So um, a 20-minute story to tell someone how you got the germ of the seed of an idea for the game that you have is probably too much. <laughs> Um, so there is, there's a certain amount of personal detail that's really interesting, and then there's the rabbit hole that um, everybody's going, what is, what is this person even talking about? Like, <laughs> we just went around in a giant circle, and they don't really know where they are, and we don't really know where they are. So that actually comes back to some of the talking points. If you have something that you know you're comfortable talking about, awesome. 
or um, on my shows when I have done interviews, sometimes on Candace Talking Games, and I know that they do this on the Misdirected Mark podcast or um, on The Lounge, which is our other interview show, um, the host might share show notes with you. They might tell you in advance, hey, these are the questions I'm kind of anticipating we'll end up talking about. And what that gives you the opportunity to do is to kind of think about and bullet point like, okay, here are the things I want to make sure that I point out in response to this, both about how cool I am in a friendly way and about like, oh, and this cool topic that we're discussing and how it connects back to my game and what I'm doing with it and how I'm innovating with that and why it's really neat and why no one else has done that before or what makes this different, right? Yeah. Um, And you're just trying to get at that in the most efficient way possible. Yes. Uh, so, like, again, that that's relates back to like know what you want and ask for it is you know know what you're saying and 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 figure out how you want to say it. Uh, I know the character creation cast on our network yeah. also does the thing where they will send you the list of their questions uh, beforehand, and they ask for input. You know, mm-hmm. they go, are there any like other things to talk about? Uh, thinking about you know the the stuff that you get and and providing feedback for that like it shows that you're on board and it you know pulls you further into this conversation which gives it its best chance at success Mm -hmm. um so now that we've discussed that we talk about what to do after the podcast has come out so you got on a podcast and you did the interview or you ran the game or whatever and it was great and whoever's show that was ran off and they scurried around and they edited it Mm mm-hmm And now is the time that your episode has gone live. So when we talk about how the relationship uh, between gaming podcasts and game designers is symbiotic, um, it really is because you're using my audience, right, to Mm -hmm. promote your thing. And we're using your thing to generate content. We're using your thing to generate content. And when that episode goes live, I expect you to use your audience to promote you on my thing, right? So that's how I actually benefit from the fact that you were on my show is your social media presence, wherever you have it, um, like all of those avenues that you're using if you're kickstarting, putting that episode on your Kickstarter as a link so that people who are checking out your game on Kickstarter can see my actual play of your game. Yeah, putting it on on, on your main page, putting yep. it on your updates. Like it helps you to connect people to this thing in podcast because when you were on the show, you did a good job explaining it. Uh, yeah. That is a shortcut to them understanding why they should back your product. Right. So, uh, so directing it. people to that is good. Right. And then the symbiotic part is you also directed people to my podcast. Yeah. Cool. That's so, so the idea is we want to promote each other. And, and like, it, it doesn't even matter if it's largely symbolic. Like, you can yeah. have 10 followers on Twitter or whatever. Fine. You making a post about it, like, it lets me know that you get that this was important to both of us and that like we're both in this together. I have had dozens of, of game designers like come on shows, I put out the episode, I, I will tweet at the company, I will tweet at the designer, and I will not see no. nary a retweet yeah. or anything. And it's yeah. like, oh, oh boy, yeah. I just put in, I put so, in so much, much work. work. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you didn't even acknowledge, like. <laughs> but yeah, and if I notice there's a spike in my downloads or whatever, like I look at those downloads. So like I know when somebody is putting in the effort, even if it's a small bit of effort, like I'm, I'm looking at uh, your tweets and social media presence and like, uh, you know, you, you will, for most designers that I work with these days, you will probably benefit from me 
retweeting your tweet about the podcast more than I will from you doing the thing. But like, I like working with people that that it feels like, yeah, we're we're both working to help each other, uh, which is which is nice. And not all of us are James D'Amato's. So I really appreciate retweets because I know that my audience is about a tenth of the size of his. I mean, quite frankly, right? Like I know what my download numbers are. Um, and so what happens is for me is that every share that I get really is helping grow my show still, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that is a thing. It's a huge thing for me. And so when I put Oren on my show and New Agenda Publishing retweets that, um, every follower there, sure, we have some overlap, right? Because we have some similar goals. But that also means that the people who are following that account um, who didn't know about my show before have now seen something about my show, which is fantastic. And it means a lot to me, right? Because I did put in that effort and to see the, basically to see the effort acknowledged by like, hey, other people who are into our stuff, you can see more about our stuff on this cool show, acknowledges the effort that we put in to produce something that shows off your stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like it, it validates the work that we did. Yeah, which as we said at the beginning, like there's a significant time investment when we talk yeah. about editing and stuff like that. It just is. And not even not even just editing. It's like but coordination, setting that up, scheduling it, casting it. games, getting people to play them. Um, yeah. And it produces a product that sticks around for a very long time. Like yeah. I cannot tell you how many people will, will talk to me about a game that we featured years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so like even if it's a tiny blip on your Kickstarter, that podcast is still drawing people to your game years out because people are plowing through those archives and and discovering things all over again. Yeah, I would say podcast episodes tend to have a long tail, Mm -hmm. especially for actual play podcasts. I'm not always sure about interview. It depends a little bit more on the show. Yeah, there's a little bit more urgency around interview, Interview but like still like, I mean, Daniel Kwan's interview on backstory right. is is still getting talked about when when I right. talk to people about that show. Uh, like people still talk about Jason Morningstar's interview right. on that show. That was the first one that, that that Alex did. So like there there is a lot. It is going to be a useful tool to have in your arsenal. Like a long time out. So so treating it like that is is good. With that, that is the prepared stuff that we have. Yeah, that's what that's what we actually wrote down that and, we thought we should run past you all. And we've got we've got a small intimate group here, yeah. uh, so I think it's good to like have a discussion about you know anything that that y'all might feel that you need help with, and you know things that you want to tackle and move through. Like we've got time yeah, Leah, for we got about specific minutes. workshopping here. Yeah. So hit us up. We're at your disposal. I have uh, a question. Yes. So. As I understand, there's like a ton that goes into the podcast is the editing, casting, and stuff. I'm wondering specifically about casting mm-hmm. and editing. Um, those sounds like sounds like those are things that you guys always handle. Yep. Have you ever tried having the designer? Do I would things? never hand my show to a designer to edit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh-uh. Um, so editing is so specific to the feel of okay. the show and the decisions that you're making about what stays and what goes. That's not something I feel like you can okay. hand over to someone so that it's you're not. it's a very not. creative process about like what content it can stays, be. what content goes. It can be, yeah. yeah. So well, I mean, sometimes I'm literally just editing out ums and ahs and then I'm like, yes, I love this person. They can come back whenever. That was easy, right? But sometimes some, it's, it's... It's content decisions. Rougher. Yeah. Uh, we, when, when we had... Uh, Patrick on the show. Uh, he is a very long-winded person who, who sometimes tells personal stories in the middle of a game experience. Um, and like it, 
it, it's sort of an artistic knife that you're taking to that going, okay, what's show appropriate and what is going to make the audience feel like, oh, this is taking a little long. We want to get on to the next thing. So uh, we we can't hand off things like editing. Things like casting. Sometimes casting, I'm yeah. open to that. Like if yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. a suggestion of somebody, uh, let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, it also, especially like if it's somebody that we've worked with before, it shows me that you're paying attention to the people who, who come on our shows and, and do things. I forgot the really most important thing. Oh, what's the most important thing? thing? We uh, didn't write it down. The though. most important thing uh, <laughs> is that also shows work for hire sometimes. Oh, yeah. Uh, you especially, should say that. especially actual play. Yeah. Um, you can hire people to do your game. Uh, if you, if it, like, most of the time, if I say, no, we, we don't have time for this in our production schedule right now, it won't work. You can go back to me and say, well, what if we commissioned an episode? Because that changes my priority quite a bit. Uh, it is expensive to commission an episode, but it is also worth it. Uh, every Kickstarter that has been featured on One Shot has funded. Um, that is not always a causation related thing, but like if you talk to the designers who have had things on my show, most of them can tell you that it had an effect. Um, it is a it is a worthwhile path. Like, I know this is the kind of industry where nobody has an advertising budget, but if you are going to increase your Kickstarter by a thousand dollars to give yourself an advertising budget, it can pay for itself uh, if you use it judiciously. Uh, there's also paying for advertisements. Uh, there are shows that just take advertisements. The basic system for ads on uh, shows is CPM. That is uh, a acronym that means cost per milli. That is, it costs this many dollars per thousand listeners to the show. Um, so you can easily evaluate how much bang for your buck you're getting by asking for different podcasts for quotes. Uh, there's a show that I love that is like tangentially related to the podcast to the RPG field called the Cryptid Keeper podcast. They charge thirty five dollars uh, for their slots, and they have an audience of three thousand people. They're undercharging for the advertisement slots, uh, which means it's a good deal for you. There are a lot of podcasts out there because game designers and uh, game publishers are not very familiar with using advertising that will underprice themselves in order to incentivize people, you know, paying for ads on their shows. Uh, and it is probably bad advice for me to tell you to evaluate that and take advantage of it. But, yeah, but you know it. what? Do it because yeah. you need I'm, to get something out of this too. Right. I mean, I can tell you that on the Misdirected Mark Network, we have um, an advertising um, schedule up on the website, which applies to multiple shows. So you can even say, look, I want to advertise across these five shows. Um, and it basically comes in packages like that. Or you can say, no, I only want to advertise on this show. This is the one that is specific to what I'm doing. Um, like if it's a Wuxia game, maybe you only want to advertise on Jenghu Hustle, right? Um, but maybe if it's something more general, then you want to have it across like five of the shows or something and like we do that, right? So that is always an option too. And that's something like on She's a Super Geek too, if I'm like, yeah, I don't have time for this, but I usually have time for advertising, especially if you'll pay me for it. <laughs> and that means you should have copy written up yes. uh, for your game. Yeah, uh, don't make me come up with it. Advertisement slots uh, usually run uh, 10 to 15 seconds for pre-roll. Uh, then it, when you get into mid-roll or longer pre-roll te- territory, it can go 30 seconds to a minute. Some people will sell you two minutes worth of time. Uh, I don't think it is worth it. 
to to go to write two minutes worth of copy you can probably explain what you need to explain about your game in a minute there are some podcasts that prefer to work with bullet point facts about your thing so that they can riff on it a little bit just have all of that prepared if you're going to go out and buy advertisements uh, you'd be surprised how far your dollar can stretch in certain situations um we don't like i said it's not common for people to buy ads. So yeah, it is actually not. There are people who like will go the extra mile to make sure that that ad pays off for you. Mm-hmm. Um, other questions? Yeah. <clears throat> now you said you don't do interviews too too much. I don't do interviews on one shot. I represent a large network of people that have various interview programs. And that's what the this seminar is about. It's about us being as guests, right? Being as guests, yeah, but you right, might be sure, a guest you might running be a, guest, a game. Yeah, on an interview or on an AP. Do you have something when you're going to have a guest, some sort of a, a quick sheet of things that to help prep them that mm. you expect this, you nope. expect this, no. you expect this? No, I, I write them an email that says, hey, I record over Google Hangouts, you need to have a microphone, you need to have headphones, and I expect you to provide your audio file to me afterwards, right? So that's, that is the basic information that they get from me. Um, Everything other than that is, um, it depends, I mean, it depends a little bit on the show, right? Yeah. Um, if I'm going to do an actual interview, because I just happened to work with a man named Phil Vecchione, who is like never unprepared, right? He always writes show notes, so he will provide a list of questions to a guest. I'm not that organized. And I know most of the interview programs I've been on will not provide you stuff. No. Like they, it's not something you should expect. <laughs> which is one of the reasons that we're having this panel is to tell you like, this is kind of the preparation that you're going to get. Right. There are not different much. shows that will do stuff like that, but they're few and far between. A lot of times it really is just a conversation. And so part of it is being able to come in and be like, these are the things that I want to make sure that I touch on during this conversation so that you can take advantage of those moments to segue into the stuff that you know you want to make sure you mention while you're there, right? So that comes back to knowing like, what are my key talking points? Where do I slip my game or my um, design or whatever it is that you're promoting into this content in an interesting way so that I'm talking about a conversation that people want to listen to that isn't just, hey, my game is great, because that will have a very specific shelf life, right? But if you're talking about um, making a design decision or solving a design problem or um, you know uh, how to build character backgrounds or anything like that, um, and that just happens to relate to your game in lots of ways that are cool, then that is something that is much more likely to help you out to get you a friendly conversation and to have a long tail on it so that people will hear it later and still be going back to your game being like, oh, that sounds really cool, even if your Kickstarter was last year, right? Yeah. Um, so that's the goal. The goal is to have interest in there that isn't just basically, you know, screaming, over here, my game is cool. Though there are a lot of interview shows that like, hey, we're just going to talk about uh, your thing, and it's very like in the moment, it's just that has less longevity to it right. uh, as a promotional piece uh, for you, the designer. Uh, and that's something that like you can sort of angle and think about like, how do I say something interesting that will connect with people? Um, and you can, you know, make your Machiavellian schemes to make that work out. Right. The, I would say that the most successful interview shows, in my experience, are things like, uh, you know, Talking Tabletop mm-hmm. and Backstory and Modifier um, and uh, 
I'm just listing shows on James's network. Now. <laughs> yeah, the, the easiest <laughs> the easiest ones to game are certainly like shows like Modifier. Modifier uh, is an interview program where that's discussion based. It's about modifying and changing games and changing mechanics to produce effects. So when you go on Modifier you have something to engage with. Something like Talking Tabletop or Backstory, it's a little bit harder to, like that is the host is doing work to research you and things yeah. you've said. That's a more bespoke experience. So it's a very successful thing. It's got a lot of longevity to it, but that's because the host is really taking time to invest in you. Uh, modifier is something where you have a way to create your own advantages. Uh, character Creation Cast, like another show on our network, is a show where literally you will sit down with a host as a designer, and the three of you will make characters in your game together. And you will get a chance to talk about, thank oh, you, goodness. about what makes your game work, and, and you know why you made certain decisions, and they will make, uh, it, based on my experience, very insightful uh, observations about your game, and ask you questions to make you consider it in different ways. That's something that you can prepare for a little bit more um, and, and be entertaining about. Uh, so there's gonna be a level of like trying to create your own opportunities within a show's format. And if you understand the show, if you've done your research, uh, ideally listening to an episode, at mm -hmm. least reading descriptions of episode, if you understand the format, that is going to prepare you better for how you can engineer that hour or that half hour, whatever time you're allotted, into being a very uh, like successful period of time for you in connecting your game or your product with uh, the show through a message. Five minutes left. Yeah, five minutes. I told you we could talk for an hour. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you talked about uh, you know kind of being in touch with the uh, the host of the show uh, a couple months beforehand, not only just to you know mm -hmm. get in touch, make sure you get a spot in the schedule for actionable uh, points. Uh, but should you get in touch, like you know, with the rulebook and like stay in uh, communication, just regards to make sure like they know how to play the game before you uh, start the. So uh, w the way I see this, um, there is the initial contact email where you tell me who you are, what you want, and what your game is, and you do that in a very concise way. Uh, I am. It's hard to read a long block of text about it, so you're hooking. That like you hooked me, after you've hooked me, and I've said yes, I can do that. I want to do that. That's when you send me the rule book, the quick start packet, and you know whatever thing that you want to send along with it. You explain what those things are, uh, and you know how I might want to use them. You don't need to quiz me or grill me on how I understand the game after that. Like especially if I'm the one who's running your game, like. I've been doing this a long time, and I can I can tell you, I know how to run a game, but I'm also probably going to ignore half the rules in your rulebook because I am focused on creating a good actual play experience, which is usually very distinct from the traditional role-playing experience. Uh, you might have very robust rules on uh, encumbrance. Uh, I will guarantee that that is not going to show up on the show, uh, and that is not going to make because it is not exactly your game does not mean it's not going to sell your game. Um, so, like, you, you can offer to be helpful. You can say, if you have any questions, please come to me. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll only come to you if we have got questions that we need to ask. Uh, as far as, uh, let's say you are going to run the game, uh, I recommend having pre-generated characters. Uh, it, like, 
unless character creation in your game is a kind of collaborative world building process that would be interesting to entertain an audience with, you know, we, we will want it pre-generated. Yeah, actually, um, my least favorite part of actual play to edit is character creation, which is why I think Amelia and Ryan are crazy. But they, they're, they, they're good at for, it. They make it work. I know. It's a good show. But I'm like, wow, that's my least favorite thing to edit. Um, so the thing that I always want from, from that particular start point is um, to basically be able to make that part of my podcast as concise as possible. Because the other part of that is if you get into a bunch of just dry stuff, of decision making or like rules explaining so that everybody's just like sitting there going, oh, okay, I have to pick a thing. Now I'm going to think about it. Like dead air in podcast just means I'm editing. Sorry, you're the last panel. You can keep going. Oh, right, yeah. well, nice. well we're not going to go if to I, I do have to be somewhere, but if there are incredibly uh, burning questions that you have, yeah, I am One last one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's my it's my art. At yeah, that point. it is actually it is actually me deciding what's going on my show. Um, so that is a thing. I mean, I guess I could imagine maybe very specific special circumstances, but really, what goes on my sh- on my show is my decision. Yeah, I, right. I, I can't imagine a, a time when I would agree to do that. Right. Like even even if it, it could be. A, a very popular celebrity game designer, they would not have that right with right. me. Right, no. Um, I, mean, I mean, there's been times where something's come up in play and we've all agreed, okay, this is getting edited out. And yeah, like, but I'll usually mention thing. that in the moment. But but I'll say it in the moment, I'll remember, I'll edit it out after the fact, but I'm not going to send you back the audio for you to verify first. Right, because it's my show. Um, yeah. <laughs> good question, though. Yeah. yeah, it is a very good question. Um, you need to get out of here? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a recording to go do. Yeah. Um, so do you have a spot for tomorrow morning? A spot for tomorrow morning?